ஓம் ஸ்ரீ சாய்ராம் ஆஃப்ரிங் மோஸ்ட் ஹம்பிள் பிரணாம்ஸ் அட் தி டிவைன் லோட்டஸ் வீட் ஆஃப் அவர் எவர் பிரசன்ட் லார்ட் இன் வோக்கிங் பகவான்ஸ் பெனிடிக்ஷன் ஃபிட் டுடே செஷன் டியர் லிஸ்னர்ஸ் மை லவிங் சாய்ராம் டு ஆல் ஆஃப் யூ ஓம் சகனாவத்து சகனௌனக்து சீரியங்கரவாவஹை தேஜஸ்வினாவதீத்தமஸ்து மாவிஷாவஹை ஷாந்திஷாந்திஷாந்திருர்பிரம்மாருர்விஷ்ணு குருர்தேவோ மகேஸ்வர குருரேவ பரம்பிரம்மாஸ்மைஸ்ரீகுரவே நம பிரேயஃபுல் சல்யூட்டேஷன்ஸ் டு த குரு ஹூ இஸ் த கிரியேட்டர் த சஸ்டெய்னர் அண்ட் த அனிஹிலேட்டர் அண்ட் who is the supreme reality parabrahman himself this shloka is from the famous guru stotram and this guru stotram is a part of shri guru gita which appears in the skanda purana which is authored by bhagwan vedavyasa We shall start today's session with a story. Once, a sculptor goes to a shop where rocks and stones are sold and he is particularly interested in a piece of rock which is lying in that shop. Then, the stone seller says, this piece of rock is an old piece of rock which has been there for a long time. and this is a useless piece of rock and no one wants to buy it and you need not buy it from me i will gift it to you free of cost and you can take it so the sculptor walks home with this old piece of rock which is gifted to him by the stone seller and a week later he returns to the stone seller with a beautiful image of mother goddess devi and he says it is my gift to you you had gifted me this piece of rock and i am giving you a gift this devi to you and looking at this adorable image of mother goddess the stone seller is shell shocked and he asks the sculptor how did you manage to do this how does this transformation come about then the sculptor replies there was already the image of devi in this old piece of rock and all i had to do was to chisel out the extra bits and the devi emerged on her own and this is exactly what the sadguru does to us there is already this divinity latent within us which we have comfortably and conveniently forgotten due to our spiritual ignorance and it is the sadguru alone who chisels out these extra bits of the bmi the body mind complex the delusion that we are this limited jiva in us so that we are able to manifest the divinity within and this is the inevitable role 
of guru in the life of a spiritual seeker see even if a young child is gifted in terms of athletics and it has all the talent but the child still requires a coach a trainer if he has to make it big in the competitive sports similarly also a person who has completed his post graduate studies he is well versed in his subject he is a master yet he requires a mentor a guide if he has to undertake research or phd work in his subject of expertise and that is why there is this entire structured organization of schools colleges universities and even in this period of lockdown there are online classes and even to master a mundane skill we need a trainer a guide a teacher just think of something which is as subtle probably the subtlest as brahma vidya don't we need a guru in our lives in our spiritual journey because it is the guru alone who can guide us who can lead us and who can even protect us in our spiritual journey and that is why we all need a guru and not only need a guru the sadguru we must hold on to the sadguru the mundakopanishad lays down the qualifications for a guru which is shrotriya and brahmanishtha the guru must be well versed in the scriptural teachings so guru is the living embodiment of the scriptural teachings and he also must be brahmanishtha must he himself be established in this self realization only such a guru can impart this knowledge of the self to us and this knowledge is not just the knowledge of the objective world but it is the subjective intuitive knowledge it is the revealed knowledge which can happen only by the grace of the guru so the guru must not only be established in this brahma tattva but he must be able to articulate the highest teachings of the scriptures in a way that we can understand and this is where we all have got the greatest blessing of god himself as the sadguru in our lives and bhagwan took human form to come down to our level and explain the nuances of the tough spiritual teachings of not only of our sanatana dharma but the quintessence of the teachings of all the scriptures of all the religions in the world in the form of simple chinna kathas parables and simple analogies so that we are able to remember them understand and also practice the teachings in our day to day life and as we are just a couple of days away from the holy festival of guru purnima Bhagwan says Guru Purnima is not only the day on which we offer our gratitude offer our obeisance to our Sadguru who has kindled this fire of Brahma Vidya in us but it is also the day which is known as Vyasa Purnima 
Bhagwan says this is also dedicated to the worship of Maharshi Vedavyasa who Swami says is the primal guru of mankind it was Maharshi Vedavyasa who codified the Vedas who gave the scriptures to the humanity and therefore he is worshipped and we offer our gratitude on this day of Guru Purnima and that's why Swami says it is famously known as Vyasa Purnima and as we saw the famous Shri Guru Gita is composed by Bhagwan Veda Vyasa and the famous Guru Stotram which contains verses which we all chant every day Tvameva Matacha Pitatvameva Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu all these verses are in this Guru Stotram and today we shall take a glimpse into this Shri Guru Gita and also some of the verses of Guru Stotram to understand the importance of Guru and also some of the aspects about the Guru, especially the Sadguru and which Guru Gita calls as the Parama Guru. So the definition given in Shri Guru Gita for Guru is Gukarascha Andhakarohi Rukaraha Teja Uchyate Gu stands for the darkness of ignorance and Ru is the one which brings light to remove this darkness. So Guru is the one who dispels the darkness of ignorance in our lives. And it also says Gukaro Bhavarogasyat Rukaraha Tan Nirodhakrit Go stands for Bhavaroga, the transmigratory cycle of birth and death, Punarapi Jananam, Punarapi Maranam, which brings us back again and again and again into this samsara. And Rukara, Ru stands for Tan Nirodhakrit. So this Ru is the one, it puts an end to this cycle of samsara. So Guru is the one who alone through his grace is capable of putting an end to the cycle of samsara which we all keep coming back to again and again. And the Guru Gita also says, Gukarascha gunatitaha rupatito rukarakaha. Gu stands for gunatita, the one who is beyond the attributes, the gunas of sattva, rajas and tamas. And Ru, Rupatita. Rupatita means the one who is beyond forms. So, Guru is the one who is beyond the attributes and also beyond forms. It means Guru cannot be confined to one particular form, especially the Parama Guru. And also, Guru is not merely a physical entity. Guru is a presence, a living presence in our lives. And Guru is the institution of all the scriptural knowledge, as I said, the living embodiment of the highest teachings and the living embodiment of this Atma Vidya and Brahma Vidya. Through his own life, he teaches us as to how to walk this path of spirituality and that is the greatness of the Guru. 
and we can all recollect that even some of the avatars like rama lord rama and lord krishna also had gurus when they came down to earth in human form and uh, sandipani muni was the guru of lord krishna and lord rama has gurus in the form of maharshi vasishtha vamadeva and also vishwamitra and what is the responsibilities being the disciples to this guru that is also very important for us to know the first and the foremost is to have unflinching faith in the teachings of the guru because as bhagwan says guru is the one who corrects you it means guru is the only one who knows as to what stage of spiritual evolution we are in and what is the mistake we will commit in our spiritual journey and guru alone can make out this and guru alone is the one who imparts to us instructions as per our stage of evolution or as per our need and that is why to believe the guru to have this faith in the guru is very important and holding on to the guru through our trust will only save us through the ups and downs of this spiritual journey and in addition to this implicit obedience to the teachings of the guru is very very important and also a disciple must realize that guru is the altar to which he has to surrender in the mahabharata it is only when arjuna surrenders to lord krishna saying shishyasteham shadhimam tvam prapannam o oh lord krishna consider me as your disciple i surrender to you and please instruct me i don't know what to do it is only then lord krishna becomes his guru and he gives him the atmavidya through the bhagavad gita so all these are very important for a disciple to hold on to guru so that we can benefit best from the guru and the definition of guru also says shishyasya papan girayati iti guruhu it means guru is the one who swallows the mistakes that are committed by the disciple it means he is so compassionate to the pitfalls of the disciple and he corrects the disciple all the time and another definition is gurati iti guruhu gurati means the one who roars the one who roars like a lion so as to awaken us from the slumber of this samsara from the slumber of ignorance is what guru is and these are some of the definitions of the guru and the guru gita says there are two types of guru mauni guru and vagmi guru mauni guru is the silent guru and lord dakshinamurti is said to have taught this atmavidya to his disciple sanat kumaras only through silence and here we can also make out that the guru is competent yes but the disciple the sanat kumaras they are equally evolved to such an extent that even through silence from the guru they can get 
enlightenment but what we all need is the second type of guru the vagmi guru who can come down to the level of the disciple and explain the teachings of the scriptures and this is where we can say we are all so blessed to have bhagwan as our guru who has simplified all these teachings for us and today we shall look at the first two verses of guru stotram which not only extol the glory of the sadguru the parama guru but these verses unfold the entire vision of vedanta itself and thereby conveying to us the greatest importance of guru in the lives of vedantic student so the first verse is akhanda mandalakaram vyaptam yena characharam tatpadam darshitam yena tasmay shri gurave namaha our prayerful salutations to the guru who has shown us this tatpadam the highest perfect state the state of supreme reality and it is of the nature of akhanda mandalakara the undivided creation and that pervades vyaptam ena characharam both the chara and the achara the moving and the unmoving moving here refers to the inert beings in the creation and achara to the sentient beings so here what maharshi vyasa speaks is of this vision of vedanta which is nothing but the vision of the oneness of entire creation that is what is explained here so the entire vision of our life is given in this verse and what is this tatpadam that is revealed to us by the sadguru so this tatpadam is nothing but the oneness of existence the one supreme indivisible absolute truth sat chit ananda that is present in all the multiple the myriad names and forms that we see in the creation the plurality the duality the diversity that we see in this creation so here for a student of vedanta this verse in its deeper meaning explains to us the difference between a limited life that we need a ego centric life as against the god state of consciousness tat padam that is spoken about in this verse well what is the life that we all lead isn't it we can all make out before bhagwan entered our lives how was our lives probably even now how is our life we are all comfortable in our bondage isn't it we are all so happy slaves to this world to this bondage itself and it is only when bhagwan entered our lives it is only when we started following the teachings of bhagwan the discourses of bhagwan only then we understood that 
there is higher purpose to this life than just kana pina sona marna because bhagwan would thunder in every discourse i am god so are you i know it you do not know it and you are born in fact to learn how not to be born again and until we came across this teaching of bhagwan repeatedly in all his discourses we were so comfortable just going round and round in artha purushartha kama purushartha maybe at the most pursuing dharma purushartha doing good to others engaging in meritorious deeds knowing fully well that if we do good the only good comes back to us isn't it but this higher vision of our life was revealed to us by bhagwan so the difference between the egocentric life that one leads normally when he is unaware of the teachings of the parama guru is as against the god centric life is we can enumerate all this as follows an egocentric life always looks at separation and duality in this creation that is why we feel different from others and we even at times have holier than thou attitude in relation to others whereas the tatpadam shows us the oneness that binds all of us and the principle of non duality it is in egocentric life that we constantly entertain likes and dislikes and thereby strengthening our raga dvesha attachment aversion whereas the tatpadam the pure consciousness that is spoken about in this first verse leads us beyond this raga dvesha and it takes us to the state of unconditional love and detachment it is dominated by ego that we are intolerant of others and even we take to violence what is himsa violence as swami says hurting and harming others through your thought word and deed is violence whereas when we understand this tatpadam the highest state of consciousness our life will be one of complete non violence and also boundless compassion for our fellow beings and swami would often say ego grows by getting and forgetting whereas love grows by giving and forgiving it is in this egocentric life we are constantly threatened by insecurity and fear whereas the tatpadam takes us to the state of supreme peace serenity and tranquility it is in egocentric life that we often have resistance to changes in our lives the happenings in our life we resist them and we question even the will of god with our ego whereas in this state of tatpadam the supreme state there is only acceptance of whatever that is happening in our lives and that is why ego is known as ego edging god out whereas tatpadam is the god state of consciousness and this is the state that is revealed to us by our parama guru and this is what this first verse of guru stotram explains to us in its deeper 
meaning and now we will look at the second verse which is a continuation in fact of the first verse in a way it is agnana timirandhasya gnananjana shalakaya chakshurun militam yena tasmai shri gurave namaha our prayerful salutations to this parama guru and what he does to us see our eyes are blinded with the cataract of spiritual ignorance which makes the world dark for us and what does the guru do gnananjana shalakaya the guru applies this corellium the balm or the ointment of knowledge to such disease stricken eyes the eyes that are suffering from cataract of ignorance and because of this what happens chekshuhu unmilitam ena the eyes open up the eyes open up to the possibility of the highest knowledge and highest wisdom which means the guru bestows upon us this gnana chekshu the sacred vision the gnana drishti that is what is told in this second verse while the vision of oneness is explained in the first verse in this second verse the root cause for our inability to comprehend the state of oneness is explained through the cycle of ignorance in this verse that is the deeper meaning of this verse we have all studied in this series of talks in vedanta parichaya itself the cycle of ignorance isn't it so we shall start with the effect or the result and go backwards and trace the cause of this cycle so the result as we can see is karma phala the result of our action so what is the cause of karma phala naturally karma our action is the cause and what is the cause of this karma or action it is the sustained thought in the mind which is known as vikshepa that gets translated into action and where does this thought come about from where did it come this sustained thought in the mind comes from the desire in our intellect called kama and what is the reason for this desire is this desire because of the objects of the world that we see around no this desire comes from as we all know in vedanta it is from our tendencies which are called as vasanas which are in the unmanifest condition in our causal body and well how is this vasana formed it is again formed from karma and karma phala whenever we engage in karma it not only results in karma phala the result of the karma but it also leaves behind a deep seated tendency in our subconscious called the vasana and well but this verse goes on to say what is the reason why this vasana becomes a desire in our intellect it says it is because of the cataract of the ignorance in our 
eyes it is the spiritual ignorance ignorance of our true nature ignorance of our true nature which is paripurnata which is complete by itself but not knowing this paripurnata that we are we experience the sense of incompleteness or apurnata that is why we feel if i get this object from the world or this relationship in the world my life will be complete i will be fulfilled and this is how prompted by this ignorance of our true nature which produces the sense of incompleteness this vasana becomes a desire in the intellect and if this desire is unchecked it gives rise to thought and then karma and then into karma phala and again becoming a vasana so this cycle is known as avidya kama karma and this cycle is explained in this verse in its deeper meaning and it is the guru who makes us aware of this cycle by applying this ointment or the corellium of gnana or wisdom in our eyes and he opens our gnana chakshu see in the mahabharata maharshi vyasa bestows upon sanjaya this gnana chakshu so that he can see the war of kurukshetra and give a running commentary of this kurukshetra war to dhritarashtra but in fact vyasa offers this divya chakshu to dhritarashtra himself but dhritarashtra refuses it see look at the karma of dhritarashtra so even the guru is ready to teach us the pining the yearning should come from our heart to receive the teachings of the guru it means we should not approach the guru for sundry things in the world but we should be ready to receive from him what he has come to give us and also in mahabharata itself lord krishna bestows upon arjuna the sacred vision the divya chakshu the divya drishti to behold the vishwarupa form the cosmic form of the lord and our sadguru is capable of giving us this divya drishti and in fact he is the one who gives this drishti to us and our prayerful salutations to this parama guru and this is what this verse says so this is a glimpse into the guru stotram on the occasion of this festival of holy guru purnima and with deepest sense of gratitude i thank bhagwan for this blessing of speaking to all of you a little bit about the guru stotram on this occasion of guru purnima and also about a composition of vyasa because guru purnima is also vyasa purnima as swami says and on behalf of all of us i humbly pray to the lotus feet to bless us to practice the teachings of our beloved bhagwan to walk in his steps because that is the only way we can become eligible to receive what he has come to give us the highest gift for humanity and that is the only way we can also offer our gratitude to our beloved 
Bhagwan. And I will conclude with yet another verse from Guru Gita itself. Mannathaha Shri Jagannathaha Madguru Shri Jagadguruhu Madatma Sarvabhutatma Tasmai Shri Guravi Namaha Our prayerful salutations to the Guru who has revealed to us the truth that my Guru is the Guru of this entire universe. My God is the God of this entire universe and the Self in me is the Self in all. I am grateful to Team Radio Sai and every one of you. Jai Saira.